0: Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Good afternoon. Uh, Sir Johnson's has already introduced My name is Wayne. I am also a member of the call team. It's great to see you here. Uh, I was going to say, so I think for the children, is it year five and younger? If they would rather go to the back and do some activities and listen to me, you lot are going to have to sit and listen, I'm afraid. You don't get that choice. Um, It'd be good to pray before we get into God's word. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you for how you've revealed yourself to us through it. And as we come to it now, would your spirit give us ears to hear? Uh, minds that can understand and hearts that are open to be changed by you through your word. Amen. Uh, so am going to start thinking a little bit about what actually worries you. So I thought I'd start with something uncontroversial and gentle. How are you feeling about Brexit? About the prospect of leaving the EU, the single market, the customs union? Or how are you feeling about uh, what looks like uh, an attempt by MPs to not fulfil the result of that referendum. Whether you're a uh, Remainer or Lever, there's lots to be worried about, it seems. Uh, but despite what the media seem to think, Brexit isn't the only issue we face. It dominates our news, but it's not the only one that dominates our lives. Many things that might concern us. Uh, you might be at that point on a Sunday where you're starting to be a bit apprehensive because work or school are not very. Far away. And you're not really looking forward to what's waiting for you when you get there. Maybe you've got tests or exams or you've got a deadline to meet. You've started a new school or a new company and you're finding it hard to make friends and settle in. Maybe the company you're working for is about to make redundancies. A little bit more light hearted. Maybe you're an Irish rugby fan, you watched a <laughs> match yesterday and you've got a troubled heart. Maybe for some of you it's more serious, it's the health. Of a loved one that's worrying you. Or your own health. Uh, The tumour on your wife's brain. The unexplained lump on your child's body. The lifelong condition that will only get worse. Or the dreaded C word. Or maybe it's gone past all of that and you're grieving the loss of a loved one. Uh, You miss them and life isn't the same without them around. For some of us it's money that troubles our hearts uh, I know for many in these cold months, particularly, people have to decide between heating and feeding themselves. Or you've lost a job and you've got no idea where you're going to get the money to pay the bills. I could go on. Catherine Hepburn said, uh, Life is hard, after all, it kills you. And my favourite philosopher, Rocky Balboa, he said, The world isn't sunshine and rainbows, it'll beat you down if you let it, and nothing hits harder than life. Well, I think we all know Certainly as we get older, life can throw many things at us that will make us worried, anxious, stressed, apprehensive or scared. Or in Jesus' words, there's much in life that will trouble our hearts. And when those times come, are you someone who uh, wishes there was a way you could escape? Just get away from it all? Or someone who wishes someone else would come and take it all away, make it all go away? I'm afraid that isn't what Jesus promises. In response... To the troubled hearts of his disciples, he tells them to rely on their faith. He tells them there's a benefit to having faith. Uh, He says God's people can have a real and lasting peace no matter what their circumstances or how they're feeling. He tells them they should have an object to their faith. They should trust him, Jesus, the Son of God, their Saviour. And he tells them they should have the vision of faith. Think about eternity. Remember where this all ends. And my prayer as I was preparing and as it is now is that as we look at this brief dialogue from Jesus, you will discover that your faith in him can bring you peace, even in the most difficult circumstances. You will be persuaded that your faith must be in Jesus, the only one we can fully trust, and your faith should cause you to lift your eyes and your mind to eternity. I think we see those things in Jesus' response to his disciples. Their hearts are certainly troubled. I'd like you just get into the mindset of the disciples. One of those people who are closest to Jesus, there was a day he turned up where he lived, called you to follow him, and you said yes. You gave up everything, turned your life upside down, and you've followed him ever since. Not only that, actually he's appointed you one of his 12 disciples, the closest privileged group who have the most intimate contact with Jesus. And so for around three years you've been following Jesus as he's travelled around Israel and sometimes Samaria. It's been hard sometimes. You've faced opposition. It hasn't all been plain sailing, but sometimes it's been exhilarating. You have seen Jesus perform miracles, you've heard his teaching, and you've even seen him bring dead people back to life. It's no wonder you're convinced Jesus is the Messiah, the promised King, who will restore God's kingdom and re-establish a land and kingdom for God's people. More recently, you've entered Jerusalem, coming for the Passover festival, And the people welcome Jesus like a king. Is this it? Is it the time for the kingdom of God's people to be re-established? And since you've been in Jerusalem, Jesus has been teaching in the temple courts. Again, some opposition, but many are coming to listen to him. And the religious leaders are worried. They can see Jesus has the backing of the people. And maybe it's only a matter of time before he completes his mission. A few days have passed, and it's time for the Passover meal. Jesus, you, and the other 11 disciples have gathered together to celebrate the Passover. But it's been a confusing and strange evening. At the start, Jesus watched everyone's feet. It was unexpected. What's he up to? Then he said some cryptic things. But you all heard him clearly say, he is leaving, and you cannot go with him. What a bombshell. What are you going to do? Where is he going? Where will you go? Will you go back home to the life you used to have? What about the kingdom? Is Jesus not the Messiah after all? I think it's a bit of an understatement to say their hearts were troubled. Because to make matters worse, Jesus also told them, one of the twelve will betray him. Peter's going to deny him. Jesus should be taking his place as king, not leaving. His followers should be helping him to his throne, not deserting him. You and the other disciples are devastated. Your hearts are troubled. And it is to hearts such as these that Jesus speaks. And get back into the real you. What is it that troubles your heart? What's worrying you and keeping you awake at night? It's to hearts such as yours that Jesus also speaks. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way, the way to the place where I am going. I think this is always dangerous, James, I'm going to paraphrase what Jesus said. Uh, he told them to have faith. He said, I know you're scared, but you can have peace. The benefit of faith. He said, I know you're scared, but you need to trust me, the object of faith. I know you're scared, but you need to remember the eternal plan, the vision of faith. So the disciples had troubled hearts, and we see Jesus acknowledge that, and in his loving compassion, he wants to reassure them. He wants them to know they can have a real and lasting peace, despite their circumstances, despite their emotions. And I think the first thing that encouraged me, and hopefully will encourage you, is that it's okay to have troubled hearts. It's OK to be worried, anxious or scared. You don't need to feel guilty as a Christian for feeling that way. Jesus does not say, "You guys are supposed to be Christians. You shouldn't have troubled hearts." And he certainly didn't say, "You need to man up. What's the problem with all of you? You know, I'm leaving, and you're all making a fuss. I'm the one who's going to be betrayed, arrested, beaten, humiliated and crucified. What are you all making a fuss about? I might have said that. Jesus didn't. He acknowledged their troubled hearts. And we see, not just for ourselves, um, in the West, where we live, despite all the advances we've made, despite the abundance of wealth we have, people seem to have hearts that are more troubled than ever before. So we see rises in mental health problems, increases in self-harming, Increases in drug use, gambling addiction, suicide. All those signs that people have troubled hearts. So our time and our culture are very different to the disciples. But life is the same. There's much that will come that will trouble us. Maybe it's because we have unrealistic or misplaced expectations like the disciples did about Jesus. And we're discontent with life. And so our hearts are troubled. The world is very good at making us discontent through the advertising and the celebrity culture. But Jesus knows we have troubled hearts because he knows what the world is like. He knows there's much that will trouble our hearts. He came into the world because it's broken. He grieves over sin and the consequences of sin more than we ever do. He knows the pain and suffering that sin can cause. So Jesus knows better than we do what the world is like. But we, as I said, we see seen his response that is full of love and compassion. He knows what's coming. The cross is imminent. Here he is, the Son of God, existed for all eternity, bound to be separated from his Father for the first time. And when he needs them most, those closest to him are going to desert him. But even still, he wants to reassure them. And he's concerned for them. He has compassion on them. And he loves them. He wants them to know the real and lasting peace that faith can bring. And I think he has that same love and compassion when we have troubled hearts. So we're going to watch a very short clip from Big Hero 6. Who's seen Big Hero 6? About responding to somebody who's got troubled hearts, reassuring and comforting them. Just need to click on it. Yeah, he should have. But there was a fire and now he's gone. Tadashi is here. No. People keep saying he's not really gone. As long as we remember him. It still hurts. I see no evidence of physical injury. It's a different kind of hurt. You are my patient. I would like to help. You can't fix this one, buddy. Uh, what are you doing? I am downloading a database on personal loss. Database downloaded. Treatments include contact with friends and loved ones. I am contacting them now. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't do Your that. Your friends have been contacted. Unbelievable. Now what are you doing? Other treatments include compassion and physical reassurance. I'm okay, really. You will be all right. There, there. <laughs> Thanks, Max. I am sorry about the fire. So Baymax knows Hero has a troubled heart and reassures and comforts him. And like I said, it's okay when we have troubled hearts. Jesus wants to comfort and reassure us too. But he offers more than Baymax does, thankfully. It's not just a a cuddle and a pat on the head. He actually offers us a real and lasting peace. I think it's really important in time we live in, Uh, Not just more troubled hearts, as we saw from the evidence, but actually we seem to live in a time when people are ruled by their emotions and their circumstances. Um, They let emotions overrule logic, morality, evidence, and even truth itself. So, just one example I found. Research suggesting people are more influenced by emotion than facts and evidence when choosing who who they vote for. Which might explain why we have the politicians we do, but there you go instead of being ruled by emotion and circumstance I think we should look to our faith in Jesus and look to Jesus himself who he is, what he's done for us and all he's promised because it's in Jesus we can find a real and lasting peace Jesus never rebukes those who have troubled hearts instead he invites us to find rest in him our hearts will be troubled at some point and that's okay but we need to remember Jesus offers a supernatural peace that can overrule all of our worries The benefit of faith is it can bring us a real and lasting peace, even in the most difficult circumstances. But it's not just faith itself. Uh, to have peace, we need faith, but it needs to be faith in someone or something. So we're going to think about the object of faith. Who or what should we be trusting? Who'd like to win a pack of smarties? There's a quick hand here. Come on up. If I had to quickly... If you're going to stand in front the other side of the chair. Everyone can see what's going on then. Three boxes. It's very simple, you're not allowed to touch them or look inside them. Just to prove I do have the pack of Smarties. Okay, so inside one of these boxes there's a picture of a pack of Smarties. If you select the right one at the end of the service, you can swap it for the real pack. Okay? Which one do you think it's in? You think that one, okay? Now you can choose one person who you really trust. To see if they can help you choose. Or you can stick with your own. Stick your own, own, okay. Now I did this and I put the piece of paper in one of the boxes. I'm going to tell you which one it is to make sure you get the smartest, okay? The paper's in that small one in the middle, okay? Which one are you going to go for? You're going to go for that one. Do you want to open it? There you go. So at the end of the service, you can come and see me and swap it, keep hold of it, and you can have the real ones. What well done, take a seat. Interesting, he didn't choose any of you to help him out. Not sure what that says about who he trusts. And he picked the right one, which kind of doesn't always go with the uh, illustration, but kind of trusting me, because I was the one who knew in terms of that, I knew everything about it, and I knew the right answers. So you're right to put your trust in me. It matters what we have faith in. It matters what the object of our faith is. And Jesus calls His disciples to put their trust in Him, um, and when we put our trust in Jesus, when we make Jesus the object of our faith, we can be sure we're trusting in someone who always keeps His promises and will never, ever, let us down. I'm sure you guys have seen these. This is what came to, when I was reading this passage, reading this section. These these posters are what came to mind. Keep calm and whatever. So I chose three that are my favourites. Uh, drinking wine, eating chocolate and playing sport. Unfortunately, I haven't managed to work out how to do all three at the same time. I can do the chocolate and wine together but not playing sports as well. Um, I think what Jesus is kind of saying is keep calm and trust me. Trust Jesus. That's why when I was reading the passage, that's what kept coming to mind. People have other things that uh, kind of encourage us to have faith but I think they're pretty empty. They're pretty empty because they don't include Jesus. And actually... I kind of feel an apology to all. Most schools are going to have something like this somewhere, so you kids will probably get something like this all the time. Is meaningless, meaningless. And I'll, tell you, I'll give you an example. I still dream, even at my age, I still dream of playing football for England. I still have dreams. Where I, do you really think the reason I don't play for England is because I didn't never ever believe enough? Do you really think that's the only reason? You know, it breaks my heart to admit it, but I was just never ever good enough, and I never will be. It's got nothing to do with how much I believed it, or how much I wanted it. Because my faith was in the wrong thing, in the wrong person. I was never going to be an England football player. So faith or belief is not enough in and of itself. It's only as powerful as the thing or the person we pull our faith in. So we should make Jesus the object of our faith. And one reason is because he always tells the truth. Uh, So we could look at today's passage and say, is Jesus just saying... Things to disciples that make them feel better. Um, we're going to watch a slightly longer one, hopefully not too long. clip from the film Invention of Lying is a bit older. So who's seen Invention of Lying? It's so a Ricky Gervais film. Well, not, there we go. You don't need to know much about it. Basically, the premise is it's a world where nobody can lie, but Ricky Gervais's character works out how to. So you'll see, it's in the hospital scene, so people are very blunt because they can only tell the truth. But Ricky Gervais's character learns how to lie. Mom? They just called me. What's going on? They said, I'm probably gonna die tonight. What? Hello there. I was just coming in to check on her. You must be Martha's son. What do you mean, she's gonna die tonight? It does not look very good. She suffered a major heart attack. Her heart is very weak. Her pulse is not very strong. The blood pressure is dropping rapidly, and she will probably suffer the fatal heart attack sometime tonight. Yes. Still going to die. Side note. It's a Vahida night downstairs in the cafeteria, so you might want to grab yourself a little bite down there after Mom dies. Okay? I'm so scared, Mark. People don't talk about it, but death is an horrible thing. One minute you're alive, and then just like that, it's all gone. This is it, Mark. A few more hours like this, and then an eternity of nothingness. Nurse! The are dropping. Oh, I'm so... I'm so oh, <clears throat> mm. <sighs> Mom, listen to me. Listen carefully. You're wrong about what happens after you die. It's not an eternity of that you have nothingness. Oh go to your favorite place in the whole world and everyone you've ever loved and who's ever loved you will be there and you'll be young again you can run and jump like you used to and dance for an eternity, an eternity, Mum. <laughs> Say hello to Dad for me. Tell him, my love. Let's keep on, I think you get a point. He doesn't know any of that. He's just making it up to make her feel better and make himself feel better. Is that what Jesus was doing for his disciples? When he told him he was going to go back to his father's house and There'd be many rooms, need to make sure there's a room for them. Those are the questions I had to ask myself. The passage before us is the one i read at my father-in-law's funeral recently. And so I had to ask myself, are these words really true? Can we really be sure what Jesus says and promises? Is Roger really with Jesus in heaven? So when the reality of life and the way it troubles our hearts, slaps you in the face, you have to ask yourself these questions. You have to decide what do you really believe in and what have you put your faith in? And you have to be sure that Jesus is telling the truth. When we look at Jesus' life, death, resurrection and ascension back to heaven, I think that proves who he is and proves all that he said. His identity should convince us he can be Believed, we know the Bible teaches us God does not change or lie. Jesus is God, so he has those qualities too. We can believe him, absolutely. And we should make Jesus the object of our faith because he keeps his promises. We see from the Old Testament, Jesus fulfilled hundreds of those promises of God. Throughout his ministry, into the book of Acts, the early church and beyond, we see the promises of Jesus were fulfilled. And they're still being fulfilled. And no promise of Jesus has ever fulfilled. Failed, and we should make Jesus the object of our faith because he rules the universe he's sovereign he rules over everything he demonstrates his power through his miracles and I think ultimately through his death and resurrection more powerful than anything else if you're going to put your faith in something why not pull it in the most powerful thing you know another quick illustration can I have a small child volunteer that would be great not quite small small from the back brilliant I need someone a bit bigger but not an adult just yet John, come stand here for me turn around someone who's a bit come on in. Mark you stand over there ok so I think this is when we have troubled hearts often it's because we're in life we face a challenge and we look and we think that's a see so he looks scary looks a bit scary And it's bigger than us. How am I going to deal with that? But If we're Christians, what we forget is, I'm even bigger than he is. We've got Jesus with us. All the time, who's bigger than anything we have to face, and anything we have to deal with. He's more powerful than anything. So you don't need to be scared of him. I'll protect you, okay? He's a nice boy anyway, don't worry. Brilliant. (laughs) Off you go. So Jesus is more powerful than anything we're going to face. We don't need to be scared of what life will throw at us. We don't need to run away, we don't need to numb the pain, and we don't need to distract ourselves. We can find real peace when we trust in Jesus. Kind of conscious, you might be thinking I'm saying something or not. I'm not saying we should only just be people who only think, well, we've got faith in Jesus, I don't need to worry about health or anything else. The world has some good things to offer through God's grace to us. We have medical professionals who can help. Uh, We have friends and family, hopefully, who can support and encourage And it's a good thing to take out, look after your health, physically, mentally, all those things. But ultimately, if you want a peace in your heart, that comes through faith in Jesus. And so if you're here and you're not a Christian, I'd encourage you to think, what is it you're putting your faith and trust in? Where do you turn when life gets hard? I really wouldn't encourage anyone to become a Christian just to have a little bit more of a good feeling. Uh, you should become a Christian because you trust Jesus is who he says he is and actually he deserves your obedience and worship but the benefit of being a Christian one of the blessings we enjoy is we can know peace in difficult times so if you make Jesus the object of your faith you can know that peace too and then we had the object of faith the vision, sorry, vision of faith Jesus wants to reassure his disciples and help them see there's a good purpose in what troubles them. They're worried because Jesus is leaving. He wants them to have the vision of faith. He wants them to see beyond their immediate circumstances. He says to them, instead of being anxious, have faith and look to eternity. Trust me and my promises about the future. Uh, And when we have vision of faith, when we have an eternal perspective, that should give us real hope, no matter what our circumstances are. Uh, If we look very quickly, there are blessings in Jesus leaving the disciples. He has to go to secure eternal life for his people. He has to go back to heaven so he can intercede for his people. And he promises he will return in the future and take his people to be with him. There's a longer story here, it's not just their immediate circumstances. Jesus has this eternal perspective and he wants his disciples and us to have this vision of faith too this might help you understand it's a bit like this So, if you imagine that can you see there's a little bit of black tape that represents your life in this world so life can be hard and I don't want to downplay that Uh, I've faced many challenges and they're real and they're difficult and they're upsetting but when you put that in perspective of the rest of this rope that disappears out and carries on forever is what comes after that bit, I think that should give us real hope and an ability to face life and the challenges, knowing that beyond that, for eternity, we will share in glory with Christ. We will share in the inheritance of Jesus. We will spend eternity with Jesus. We need that perspective. So it isn't that that should make us flippant about our challenges, but we get them into a perspective where we recognise There's an eternity where life is going to be so much more glorious and better. So much more glorious. Because we know Jesus tells the truth and keeps his promises. So he's going to keep his promises about the future. He has gone to prepare a place for us. And he will return and take his people to be with him. We're promised that nothing will separate us from the love of God. We're promised that God has plans for us, a purpose for us and wants to give us hope for the future, we're promised our place with God in eternity is secure. We're promised Jesus will return, and we will be with him in the new heavens and the new earth. We're promised we will spend eternity with God. So to have that perspective, I would encourage you, keep reading God's promises in his words. And we should be good at reminding each other and ourselves of God's promises. Let the word of God transform our thinking and our vision. The way we look at life and think about eternity. When we have the vision of faith, it helps us keep things in perspective and hopefully gives us a genuine hope. So our hearts will be troubled in this life. There's one thing I can guarantee you, you will face some hard things in life. But we don't need to be ruled by those circumstances or by our emotional response to it. We can have faith. We can have the benefit of faith, a real and lasting peace today. Uh, we can focus on the object of our faith, Jesus, the Son of God, our Saviour. And we can have the vision of faith. We can focus on, the, on eternity, have that eternal perspective, look into our future glory with Christ. So no matter what life throws at you, keep calm, trust Jesus, and look to eternity.